Good afternoon. It's just gone four o'clock and you are on time for the Can Creative Live show on Channel Radio. This is our second show. So welcome to all our new listeners. I'm Nathalie Banex. And every Tuesday at this time, we'll talk about art and culture in Kent with features and interviews about the lives and works of creative people in the county. So you can get in touch with us live during the show through Twitter. The Twitter handle is Kent Creative Art. You can use the hashtag Kent Creative Live Show. And on Facebook, that's the Kent Creative Live Show page. So you'll be able to listen the show again for a week on the Channel Radio website, which is channelradio.co.uk, or on the Can Creative Live website, which is cancreativelive.org. So to start this week, we have Miles Allen with us in the studio. Hello, how do you do? I'm fine at the moment, and yourself? <laughs> Good. Slightly wet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, Barney is around, isn't it? Very mm. strong wind. Mm. Then we have a recorded feature with Arcalia, a little uh, 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 local music band. I will tell you more about it a bit later. So, Miles Allen, he is a writing coach, an author and a speaker on being a self-published author. He also coaches business people to write compelling biographies. He's writing a fantasy series, The Walkers of Legend. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Miles... Tell me about how you became a writer, how it all started. Well, it wasn't really a planned approach to writing. Um, I actually used to write software for fighter aircraft and I came out of school with a couple of O-levels. So it was quite a big job to, uh, to get up to doing that. And I worked very hard through those for 25 years. Um, I kind of ran into a bit of trouble when I went into management. I come up against some very nasty characters. And um, unfortunately, they uh, kind of ruined my career and didn't do a lot for my confidence. So I came out of uh, eventually saying I'd like to be made redundant, please, and uh, I'm going to go my own way. And they said, no, you're too valuable, which was kind of nice. But uh, three years later, I said, look, this is not working. So they um, they agreed and uh, I, I sort of got out. But uh, I came out with a lot of depression and some rather unpleasant sort of... Um, strange things that happened during those circumstances. I lost everything and my partner and my home and ended up living all alone. So it was all, all very sad and very difficult to live with. Um, and I spent several years like that. And I was just wondering, you know, I couldn't get a job easily. I worked for myself for a while and that was good. Kind of made a little bit of money, but in the end I thought, I just can't do this anymore. So what I wanted to do was to have a change. And it was just, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And I thought, I'd love to be a fantasy author. And I thought, don't be stupid. You can't do that. Um, and I, I just started doing it. I started writing. Um, I just started writing a short story for myself to see how it would go. And uh, I sent it up to the internet and people said, some said, this is great. Some said, this is not very good writing. You need to learn to write better. And I just carried on. Um, and eventually I got to the end of the book. And when I got there, I had six books in my head, a whole series worked out. And so I carried on, um, sent it off to an editor who turned out to be um, an editor of uh, the books for the, finance, for the uh, New York Times. So quite quite a good good guy to tell me where to go. And he said, look, you, you've got great storytelling ideas here, um, plenty of imagination. You should really go for this. He said, but you can't write fiction. He says, so you've got to learn how to do that. So I took all the rest of the money I had, um, stopped my business and spent two years retraining, completely rewrote the book and sent it back to him. And he said, hey, you've, you've done it. This is actually really good. I'm amazed and uh, you should go forward. So I went out and self-published and, you know, Kind well, of the rest, rest is history, really. You're making it quite easy, but I mean, have you ever written before? 
Any um, books or short stories or no, something? No, no sort of fiction. So you just woke up one morning saying, I'm going to write well, books. I read a lot. I read a lot of things. The thing is about being a software person, you kind of read a lot of fantasy and science fiction and, and you play Dungeons and Dragons with the other software engineers, and uh, which really means for in adult sense, you get drunk a lot, have a good time. But but it did. It was a good, good grounding for me. So when I thought, you know, I'd just like to do that. It, one of the things that did it was my favourite, author was david gemmel and he died um about my age actually so i'm just hanging in there but um he was a prolific english writer and he was great and he was gone and i thought you know what I'd, perhaps i'd like i'll try and write my own stories and uh, kind of come out there so that first book you wrote was in a series and it's called the walkers of legend the walkers so, of legend What is it? What is it about? Right, the Walkers of Legend is um, it's an epic series. Like I said, I couldn't just do one book. I ended up with six. So epics kind of start off quite small. So if you think of something like the Walkers of Le uh, so, sorry, um, if you think of Lord of the Rings, and take yourself back to the beginning where you have these furry little hobbits, all cute, walking about inside the Shire, and this wizard turns up and casts some spells and has some nice fireworks. So it's all very small and starts off quite cute, but they end up, of course, in this epic battle for the world and, and so on, and these hobbits make a difference. That's kind of where I wanted to start, but it's not hobbits. It's a completely new world that I've invented, uh, and there's all kinds of wonderful things that go on inside it. But what we have, really, is, is um, the story is around this empire which has found the ability to reverse ageing in themselves now it's only for a few people but the only way you can get this stuff that makes you reverse your age is to torture people and you get it out of their blood and the thing is the more you have of it um, the more you you need so they kept on torturing more and more people until they kind of run out of population so they then to expand and so they invaded other people and started to build a massive army and eventually they got to the point where there's only one small bit left and that's where the walks of legend starts where they're just about to invade this last piece of land <clears throat> So one of the things that you have in this land is, is this kind of magic and only certain people can do it. So before they invade other lands, they go and kidnap all the people who might be able to do magic. Mm -hmm. And one of these people happens to be one of the characters in the book. And it's his part of his story when he wakes up after right. being kidnapped in this really weird, strange place. And, and there's another bit that I'll tell you in a moment. But what I'll do is I'll just read a short bit, if you like, out of the book. Very, very small. It's only about a page. Okay. And uh, first ahead. of all, I'll, I'll give you a bit about the um, the peril, if you like, and, and the torturing. No, there's not any torture in yeah, it, I hope but, not. but um, I'll just give you some idea of, of what, what the place is like. It's quite short. Okay. He worked his head between the cogs and pulleys, pressing his ear against the, egg, the surface of the egg-shaped pod. It was large enough to hold a single person, and he could just hear their muffled screams. The mechanism stopped, and the screaming died away. There was the brief sound of a pump on the back of the casing, and a tube stiffened and bright red liquid spiralled away into a container. He sighed. It was all very different, all very efficient. Necessary to maintain the increasing demands for Yan, it just wasn't the same as watching a skilled officer of correction getting his instruments dirty first-hand. After all, where was the satisfaction if you couldn't see the knife being turned and the smell of fresh blood as it spilled out across the blade to the cries of the receiver? He sniffed the air, wrinkling his nose. The place now smelt of oil and metal. He lifted his gaze and looked over the rows of identical devices fading into the gloom. The other three dungeons in the city's palace were identical to this one. There were hundreds of palaces across the empire. More chambers were being added all the time, 
all were occupied and the process continued day and night. Wow, well done, thank you. Do, so, you, do, you, do you do public readings every so often? Not yet. No, oh, well, you not see, yet. that's an idea. Mm, um, well, the, the other thing, audiobooks are coming on a big, big now. So uh, because there are so many kind of authors out there, especially with Kindle, so there's, there's lots of authors you can get out there. Um, it's like a million a year coming online now worldwide and about 200,000 in the UK a year trying to get published so uh, lots of books but very few people can afford to get audiobooks done um, so there's a relatively small number and they sell quite expensive compared to books and oh, that's, that's um, nice. people listen to them in cars so so that's what I'm thinking of doing next maybe, maybe, maybe reading out and, and having a go at that and, uh, okay and yeah fun. well try let me know I'll go yeah. <laughs> now I, I believe you sold your first book walking down the high street uh, what happened? Well, I, this whole confidence thing that I lost when I had depression and, and was living on my own, uh, trying to come out of that was very difficult. And the book did wonders for my confidence. And when it came through and I opened the box and there was these shiny books all staring up at me and uh, I, I just was grinning like an idiot. Um, and I thought, I just picked up a bag. I picked up a bag and I put 10 books in it. I thought, that's it. I'm, I'm going down the high street. <laughs> I'm going to go and sell these books. Um, and I thought, I'll go in all the geek shops. So, uh, you know, I'll go in, in sort of the, um, the phone shops and, and uh, you know, the music shops and these sorts of things. In the end, oh, actually, the first thing I went to was the bank. And uh, I was going to pay a check-in. And I walked up to the thing and there was a queue of people. And uh, I spoke to this girl and I was, I was grinning so much. And I just, while she was sorting out my check, I just said, um, I'm an author today like this and she looked at she said, oh, really she was very interested 30 seconds later i sold my first book to the woman behind the bulletproof <laughs> glass <laughs> and after that my confidence could not be not stopped. anyway i sold all 10 books walking home back through the high street and that was that i was off and, and running so it's one of these little moments just the one thing that makes a big difference it, it, well, it, it shook me to be honest because yeah. i'd never after being in the wilderness for so long and being so down and depressed, suddenly being popular and, and being seen as worthwhile again. And, and somebody, it's almost like you're kind of a bit of a mini celebrity, you know, yeah. when it's being an author. So uh, yeah. That's just what you needed at that yeah. time as well. I played the part as well as I could. Mm. <laughs> no. So this book one, uh, yeah. I think you made the front page in the uh, KM. And you had a good media exposure. That must um, have definitely yeah. boosted your confidence well, after that. It did. Um I ended up um, doing, I pushed myself into Waterstones. Confidence was just bursting out of every orifice. And I went into Waterstones and said, look, I'd like to do a, a, um, a book signing. And I twisted their arm and they said yes. And it went very well. And so other Waterstones wanted me. And I went to Ashford and I sold so many books. I ended up pushing the Hunger Games off the number one slot in Ashford. So I was actually number one in, in Waterstones. And that got me on the front page of the Kent Extra, um, complete exclusive. So I was, there I was still grinning like an idiot, um, holding up this book. And uh, I got a whole story out there and everything so yeah it was great so and, and then have you been contacted by publishers or do you have other opportunities there are so many people trying to get into publishers i did sort of toy with the idea for a while but people say you know you, you'll find it very difficult uh, fantasy is a difficult one especially to get into at the time it wasn't a big thing it was all crime so they weren't really looking for people like that I tried 10 but to be honest mm. they came back and said we're just not interested at the moment so uh, I thought well I'll self-publish and I'm glad I did you know I wouldn't I wouldn't go to a publisher now personally for myself but uh, okay. yeah and you have your own company now I do I now have a self-publishing company which I do for myself and I've published about another half a dozen people now seven or eight people oh. so who want to, want to do books yeah and you are now promoting your second book 
I am. Legends I... Awakening in the series came out uh, about five weeks ago, so I'm now out doing my, my tour of, of coffee shops and, and Waterstones and all those sorts of places and uh, getting my name out there. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's still got the magic from the old days, so I used to really enjoy sitting down and just basically pestering people in coffee shops and uh, making them laugh and having a good time. And uh, you know, it's good. So what have you learned from the first experience? Things that you do again because it worked and things that you would not do again? On the marketing front. On the marketing front. Um, what wouldn't I do again? Um, no, I don't think there's anything really. I mean, what's happened is social media has exploded so much in the last five years. You know, we all know it has. Um, so it's very important to to be have a big profile there. So I, I have several kind of other website and so and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and and you have to work all of these to to grow your audience and your fans. And if you don't do that, you're really just going to stay in the noise. Um, and it really is the difference makes the difference because you can't afford to spend tens of thousands of pounds of marketing. Some people can, but most can't. So you have to sort of do it yourself the hard way. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So where can we find your books? Where can we buy uh, it? You can buy them. You can get them on Amazon. So they're on a Kindle, for instance. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. I prefer it if you bought them through my website directly. Otherwise, Amazon gets all the money. Um, but they're exactly the same books, and they just get posted straight out to you. But you can get them on uh, www.thewalkersoflegend.co.uk. So that's fairly easy to do. Um, and you'll find other information on there as well. And you can do a preview of the book and things like this and you can also go on to my website which is uh, milesallen.net that's www.milesallen.net and I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well it's not too difficult to find me so uh, yeah excellent so, uh, yeah. now you also have your coaching practice so you coach people to write stories biographies etc can you tell us more about that yeah I um, I had so many people coming to me Um, saying, oh, I'd love to write a book when I, when I started. In the end, I, I did, thought I'd just do a quick class for people. And uh, that was three years ago. It's still running every two weeks. I've uh, managed to publish a couple of people out of that. So and there's still more going. I've now got four groups that run around Kent. There's another one starting in Maidstone um, in January. Um, and basically, I just teach people. I've given some exercises, started them, and I've structured approach how to how to write fiction and how to write really good stories. Um, I have to say people are stunned when they, they start doing it. They don't realize what's involved in writing stories. They just think they read, therefore they can write. But uh, it's not about English. It's about, you know, creating emotion in people and, and getting readers to be excited and afraid and in love and hating and all these sorts of things. And that's that's the hard part. But there are techniques to do that. So, yeah. Quite. And that's actually thanks to these uh, groups that we met. So cause we I have attended some of your coaching. And I do recommend it because there are ways to write stories that people don't expect. I didn't. And uh, you took us through the whole process that was quite revealing. Mm, so, yeah. And again, well, it come on very well as well. People people change very quickly when they start to use these techniques and, and write some amazing stories in a very short period of time. So, so yeah. can you share a few tips? things that would make people you know want yeah, to write that, things that they might not think they can write because that's um, that's also down to confidence isn't it well i'm afraid that's a huge part of it most people think they can't do it but it is a technique i mean the only thing you need to do is to be able to create in your head if you if you're able to do that then you can do it if you don't have it i can't teach that you're kind of born with it to be creative Um, and if you can do that and make stuff up in your head and, and images and, and think of films in your head, if you like, and things happening, then you can write about it. It's just a question of doing that. Um, I would say probably 
one of the, it's difficult to say all the things to how to write books well, but you, you have to understand it's not about writing stories. That's not what you are. You're not a storyteller. What you are is you take people on an emotional journey, and you, that's what I teach people, how to write emotionally. So how do you get people to, to, to feel anxious and, and all these other emotions that you need to do to take them on the ride? And the story then you build around your characters. That's the next most important thing you do. So I teach you how to make compelling characters that people love to follow. So. Yeah. And I hope I'm not revealing a secret here, but the one thing that really struck me when in this group was to, when you write a story, to find a theme. Yeah. That is the thing that amazingly wasn't obvious to me, yeah. but it is unconscious. You're aware yeah. it's got to be the, the behind the story. You need that theme. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit? Yeah, well, there, there are certain things that you have to do in order to get from one end of a story to the other. And if you just sit down and start writing, you can find yourself getting lost. So what you need at the very beginning is you need to understand you need a theme. And that is, what are you going to write about? So it could be your theme's going to be uh, vengeance. So therefore you write a story that's going to end up, you know, someone's going to react to someone and, and, and get revenge on somebody else or something like this. Uh, and, but at the end, you've also got to decide how you're going to make your, your readers feel. But at the end, they're going to feel sad, happy, you know, annoyed, frustrated or whatever. So when you get these things together, this is just parts of it. But having the theme is essential for you to understand what you're going to do so that every single thing you write in the book is about that theme. And it stops you wandering off and people going, what's this about? You know, and it helps you to focus. I read somewhere that there are, I think, seven or six or five, I can't remember, a certain number of themes that we found in every big story that works. So you mentioned vengeance. Uh, oh, they're, they're, there is the, you know, the hero thing. You need yeah, somebody who makes it all through all the problems and then wins at the end and makes everything happy. Yes, that's right. I mean, you look at, um, uh, let's think of the classic theme from um, who's that? Uh, Liam Nielsen, what was he in Taken? So there you go. So they say he had to go and get his daughter back. So they, that was a very strong theme. And, and the thing is about a theme and the thing is about the main character. You have to give them something they will not stop. Otherwise, when you're reading, you'll think, might as well just give up at this point. Why don't they just stop? It has to be compelling. So in the case of Liam Nelson, he had to go and get his daughter. And nothing was going to stop him, no matter how difficult it until he got there. Or basically he was killed. Obviously, it wasn't going to happen. But, yeah, exactly. you know, so you have to make compelling reasons to get in there. And the other thing, just to finish uh, on this, about telling stories, how important it is going back to business people or anybody with a practice, you know, yeah. artist, uh, to tell the story about themselves and yeah. what they do, which is very powerful to connect with the audience yeah. because people want to know about why. It's not necessarily what you do, but why you do it. And you say that in a story. Well, the thing is when you're, it's it kind of harps back to when you're writing a story, you write about a character because people follow characters. They don't follow the story, they follow the characters and that's that's what they love to do. So you're a character, so as a business, what you need to do is to not talk about your business, you need to talk about yourself so they follow you. And if you're an artist, they don't, you don't want to talk about your product or your painting, what you want to do is talk about yourself. If you ever listen to an entrepreneur stand up, a successful one, and talk about their story, they don't talk about their products, they don't talk about what's happened to them so much, they talk about themselves and their past and their history and they have funny things to say and very, you know, like myself, I have this horrible time that I've been through it's not easy to talk about, but once you get it out there, people identify with it and say, okay, aunt, you know, you've, you've done that, you've come through it, that's good, that's kind of inspirational. So these are things that you need to do, and it really lets people focus on you. You don't want people buying one picture because it looks good. What you want to do is everyone buying your every one of your pictures because they like you, you know, and they follow you. So Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Maurice. We, we'll get back to you a bit later in the show. But for now, we're going to have a short break, just a few seconds, and after that, we'll come to some uh, music and our uh, recorded feature with Arcadia. I'll see you in a second.
Find suppliers and quote for work with local Kent businesses at supplymybusiness.co.uk. So that was short, you see. So you're listening to the Kent Creative Live Show on Channel Radio. And we are speaking to Miles Allen, who's with us in the studio. But now we're going to play a feature that I recorded last Saturday in Faversham. Uh, I was invited to a house concert in a private home with Arcalia. And if you have never seen uh, a house gig or been to a house gig, I do recommend it. It's a really nice opportunity to listen to some music in a small and intimate venue, sometimes with a, a bit of a, you know, there are some candles and it makes it really warm and sm- not too many people. It really is very nice to attend. The band members are Teresa Gallagher, Simon Foster and Gavin Alexander. And by the way, there's those people who compose the ident for the show. So that's how I got to know them. And the hosts were Christine and Trevor. This is about 14 minutes long, so I'll see you back. Can I suppose around here? The name is uh, Spanish uh, for treasure chest. And um, Teresa come up with the name. Um, we all put in names in the hat, and she poo-pooed Simon's and uh, mine, and, uh, and we just agreed that that was the nicest name, and it was nice, resonant, you know, with the treasure chest. I thought, oh, that's a nice image, so that's why we picked up Kelly. Simon and Tree got married, um, and I wrote their wedding song, and they sang on it afterwards. And then while we were playing around with that and the arrangement, Teresa said, wouldn't it be nice if we did something together? So I had a few songs sitting around, and Simon's always liked my writing. Uh, so we started working on some stuff together, and we had a gig book, so that was how it started, just as a project to start with, and then it grew into something more. Okay, I'm Christy, the host. And I'm Teresa, one of the performers. Well, it came about, I guess, because we always loved live music, so we spent a lot of time listening to musicians in what was probably pub venues, and there were always lots of interruptions uh, and distractions. And also, uh, we were particularly friendly with some young musicians that weren't making too much money. So we thought, actually, we could give uh, a quieter environment, and we've already got the, the crowd that will come and listen at home. Why not just let's take it home and all enjoy it at home? And I suppose it grew from there because then we ventured out and saw other musicians and said, well, how would you like the idea of coming back to our house and playing? And we were always rewarded with like, a really positive response. Uh, not just from the musicians that wanted to play, but from the people that came to the house and enjoyed listening to music, as I say, without disruption and distraction. And, yeah, it's, I guess we are lucky enough to have a, a, a space that um, 
been to a housekeeper before. Very very relaxed and uh, there's no you know, none of that barrier audience uh, um, band thing. Um, if you if, if you want to uh, chat, um, ask us a question or anything in between, just you know it, it's a conversation, it's a sharing thing. So so uh, don't don't hold back. <laughs> I'm a very big fan of uh, Mark Nevin, who wrote um, it's got to be. same time put some money in their pockets because they don't earn a great deal of money for their talents and and actually music is very important to us to that at home while you're ironing. Oh, oh God, while you're ironing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was far too romantic for ironing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd I do. Miss, I think Perhaps I'm missing something in my life. I thought it was incredibly romantic. It was lovely. Really wonderful. I think it was a friend told us about them and he started them off down here and then uh, he played in my house as well and uh, gradually we built up a little group of people that liked to come along. 
because a lot of musicians, although they play in pubs, it's not always dedicated audiences and it can be quite noisy, people talk over the musicians. So it's great to have a house concert where you've got a dedicated audience and we're all contributing a little bit to the evening uh, and everybody wins, you know, because you've got a lovely, lovely atmosphere with people who come along specifically to listen to the musicians and not talk over them like you get in a pub. We've had Truck Stop Honeymoon, uh, Danny Schmidt, Arcalia, you know, anybody who would like to come along, we, we really encourage it because it's such an open way of hearing people. That's you know, lovely. Good idea, I like them. They're very informal, very relaxed, and then you get to meet the artists as well. So, yeah, wonderful. I, lo I love them, I love Terrific idea. I'm here because I love music and um, I really like Faversham. I've lived here for a couple of years and I was invited to, along. So I think it's a great idea. Um, the music's been fantastic. Just the last time and this time, the only times I've been. So um, I'm all for people creating music in their homes and people are being able to enjoy in this kind of informal way. So I wonder if it's just such an intimate, just an intimate concert. Just to hear a concert in this type of Durham is just wonderful. Clarity, you have an audience who are listening to the music, actually can really enjoy it. And that beats to the musicians, it brings out their best because they're not, they know that people are really appreciating what they're doing. It's just magical. I thought it was beautiful, I thought it was lovely, and as I said, I thought the lyrics were lovely, because you can actually hear them, and you can appreciate them, and it feels a set with love, really, actually, it feels a really lovely environment. Oh, I love it, I mean, it's a lovely audience to play to, um, Chris and Trevor are lovely hosts, and house concerts are really quite intimate and you can focus so much more on being creative because you haven't got the distraction of a pub and noises and all the rest of it that goes on. It's, it's a wonderful environment and Martin Elliott is a beautiful bass player and Perry Wyatt. So it, it just feels like a, an orb. It feels like one at certain points. It feels like we're completely connected. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. You're listening to the Can Creative Live show on Channel Radio and we've been speaking to Miles Allen and we have just uh, recorded or showed you a little feature about Arcadia. Now, I would normally tell you where you can find more details about these events, but on this occasion I can't because they are not really advertised. Uh, they are very informal and they are organized by people who simply want to encourage other people to do the same and get musicians to play in their house. So if you have a house large enough to get a band in and about 30, 40 people sometimes, then you can start your own house concert. Uh, and let us know, and then we can tell people about it. Uh, as it was said in the in the feature, it's also to the opportunity for musicians to get a bit of money, so everybody participates, bring their food and drinks, etc. But uh, I can't tell you about Arcadia, so you can check them out on their website www.arcadia.co.uk, and this is A R C E L I A. So, Miles, have you been to a house gig before? 
do you know what? I've, I've never even heard of them. I'm just thinking about what happens to the neighbours. Um, oh, no, well, you know what? They were there. Oh, right, you yeah. invite them. That's the best way. Uh, they were invited and they were there. All right. Invite it was really nice. Oh, right. And there were, you know, candles everywhere. It was very warm and we could, it's true, again, it, they said it in the future, but you could talk to the musicians yeah. and there was a, a, a lot more information shared. It was a really good moment. Oh. But I, I hadn't heard about it before either. I think it sounds fantastic. It's I, a very I can't good believe one. I've not heard of it. Yeah. So you could do that, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I'll sing or something, yeah. No, but I mean, with your books, you can read out your books. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> you can do entire... Do they do that as well, then? You can start it. Oh. <laughs> Why not? A house reading. A house reading. Why not, yeah. Okay. You see? It's yeah. really nice. Several armchairs, sofas, and people can just sit and listen to you reading your books. Oh, this is going back to sort of Downton Abbey sort of thing, isn't it? They used to do that kind of thing. Yeah. To stand up and read, okay, yeah. Oh, oh and, and actually, uh, while well, you know, a long time ago, people used to sit around the fire and read stories, yeah. all these storytelling things. We don't do that as much, not live, do we? Would you do that? I think that sounds fantastic. I can't see the kids doing it, but maybe <laughs> you never know, you know, they'll probably be fiddling with their phones or something. Oh, you're, you're trying to talk, but yeah. uh, I, I love the, the vision, seems great, especially Christmas time. That seems great, yeah, yeah, excellent. Right, now you're going to have a full track from Arkelia. Um You heard just a few bits in, in that little feature, but now we are going to put a whole track on, and it is called She's Not Lost by Arkelia, and it is from their album Wrap Your Bones. Welcome back. Wasn't it that nice? I quite like that. So um, now we're going to have another very quick break. And uh, I'll see you in a few seconds to tell you about what's going on in Kent. Rift Research and Development. Tax rewards for innovative small businesses. Riftresearch.com. You see, another very short uh, break. Uh, so you've just tuned into Channel Radio. You're listening to the Can Creative Live show. We have uh, Miles Allen with us in the studio, and you've heard a few things from Arkelia. You will have a bit more music later on. But right now, I want to tell you a few about a few events that are taking place around Kent. So we're starting with Risky Margate. What does risk mean to you? It is Margate House and Turning Point, uh, that give Margate's artists the opportunity to exhibit their artwork on the topic that is in relation with the, the exhibition at Turner Contemporary. And this is at Margate House. It's in the High Street in Margate. A panel of professionals in the fields of art and culture will judge the work, which will be available for sale. This is between the 3rd and 17th of December. So Margate House, as I said, it's 3941 High Street. The contact for more information is Lana Vanzetta, and you can check her on Margate House website, which is www.margatehouse.org. So contact her and she will tell you more about it. 
then we have um, the concert that we talked about last week with our guest Laure Meloy, the soprano. Uh, and it's an event that is Amici Chorus and Ensemble. It's mainly Mozart, which includes the Mass in C minor. Uh, it is taking place at the Gulbenkian in the Collier Ferguson Hall in Canterbury on Sunday the 22nd of November at 3 p.m. So it's an unusual time, so make note of that, 3 p.m. It is uh, £15 and there are concessions and students for £10. And you can check all the details from the Gulbenkian website. Um, then we have a few things in Margate. There is Memory that is starting this week. It's a group exhibition showing the works of Kent artists who have submitted works inspired by the theme Memory. Uh, the show will open on Friday the 20th of November and it will be until the 25th. It's taking place at Pie Factory Margate. You can check the details also on their website, piefactorymargate.co.uk. And then we stay at Pie Factory again for another exhibition, which is a, uh, an exhibition of uh, uh, jewelry and silverware. It's called Precious Kent, Objects of Desire. It will be three days only, 27th to the 30th of November. And again, Pie Factory Market for all the details, piefactorymarket.co.uk. I, I guess you know now what the website is for Pie Factory Market. Uh, and one more thing at Pie Factory Market. They have been really busy. Uh, it is called A Handful of Dust. Now, this is a very strong show. It's a group show where eight artists remember children caught in conflicts. And it will open on the 4th of December until the 16th. And you can find all the details on the website by the, the group of artists, which I am of, I must say, called IRememberTheChildren.org.uk. And the eight artists have produced very strong and interesting, um, you know, uh, uh, artworks of installation, painting, etc. There will be some other events taking place, including a, a discussion about whether art can change the world. So all the details on that website. And I'll mention it again in, next, uh, in the next show. Um, also, if you work in the creative sector in Kent, you may want to consider submitting your work to the Kent Creative Awards. It's, I think, the first one of this sort covering the whole of Kent. Uh, there will be a ceremony on the 18th of May, and it's all about celebrating the arts and culture in Kent. Uh, you can check the details, the details on Kent Creative Arts. .co.uk and the deadline for submission in the 5th of January. We have two more things. There is Julie Davis, the florist that teaches, is hosting a couple of workshops. I mentioned that last week as well, but the, the dates are still in the future. Uh, she does a Christmas flower arranging workshop at Belmont House near Faversham on Wednesday the 16th of December uh, from 10 in the morning to 12.30. That is uh, £45 per person. And then she does a Christmas door wreath workshops. Did I get the pronunciation right? Yes, I think so. Uh, at Anna's Country Flowers, just outside Chilham. 
It's on Saturday the 28th of November, Wednesday the 2nd of December and Thursday the 3rd of December. This is £55 per person. And you can check the details on Julie's website. It's a long address, juliedavisflowerworkshops.co.uk and Davis is D-A-V-I-E-S. So juliedavisflowerworkshops.co.uk. The last thing is... um, Dartford Creative. Uh, they are looking for artists based in Dartford to work with community and education groups to deliver arts workshop. So the artists will be paid. That's good news. Uh, and the delivery will be between January and June 2016. You can send your <coughs> sorry. You can send your application from the 16th, well, that was yesterday, and it will close on the 26th of November. The contact is Michelle Bokes, uh, which you can contact on 07903-016937. And her email is Michelle, that is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at icontheatre.org.uk. That's the end of our announcement. Unless Miles would like to say something, do you have any reading things happening soon? Well, I was, I was actually I was just going to say um, to do on the art side, um, there is a new gallery that's opened up in Maidstone. I don't know whether people know about it. It's called Cross Pollination, and I've been in there a couple of times now, and uh, they've done the most fantastic job. It's run by an Indian woman called Ravinda, and she's uh, quite a claimed artist herself. She used to tour around the world and things, but. She's, she's settled in Maystone because she used to come from here and, and she's struggling to get more people coming because they don't know it's there. So uh, And the nucleus one is shut down because it looks like the council in Maidstone don't support the arts terribly well. So she's really struggling to do that. Um, so by all means, go along and have a look. There's an amazing range of pictures in there. It's Black Art Month at the moment, so it's Nigeria and, and, and Africa and it's some tremendous artists are in there. Um, and that will, you know, she's going on to another month. I think next, next month it's the Queen. So huh. she's uh, she's doing one to do with the Queen. So there's all kinds of wonderful pictures in there. But uh, yeah, it's well worth going to have a look at and supporting her. There's a coffee shop as well. So Thank you. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Thank you, Miles. Okay, so now uh, we've got another track from Arcelia. Uh, it's called Heaven, and it is from their semi-album, Rub Your Bones. Enjoy it. Et voilà. That was Heaven from Arcelia from their album, Rub Your Bones. Well, we are getting near to the end of the show. Um, I will play another track, the third and last track from Arcadia. Um, but first, I just want to say that it was very nice to be here again for the second show. I hope you enjoyed it. I have. Miles, was it okay? It's okay, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I thoroughly do- enjoyed it. It's very nice. Good. Yeah. Excellent. You have. And then we had Kevin Ralph as well taking pictures. So you'll see some of that on Solu. Hello, Kevin. Hi. Hi. Yeah, he's there. Very quiet, but he's a very good photographer. Now, uh, everything we have mentioned during the show uh, will be on our Facebook page, on our website, cancreativelife.org. So you will be able, uh, you know, to get all the website address that I mentioned and telephone number, etc. Uh, next week on the show, we have two desks. We'll have uh, two desks, two guests. <laughs> we'll have Emma Dewhurst 
from Wow magazine. She has launched a crowdfunding campaign that is very important to her, a very good one. Uh, so she will be here to talk about it. And we will also have Hazel Adley. She's a, a personal and prof professional coach. She will do a little coaching spot talking to artists, uh, you know, and she does quite a lot with creative people to try and work on their confidence and all that, um, which reminds me part of all the presentation. Um, Miles, we, he said a bit earlier in the show that he was doing a workshop for biographies, but that reminds me, you have a plan for a workshop soon for artists to write their bios is that right yes done one already which uh, turned out to be very successful so i'm doing a second one it's a whole day uh, it's going to be in january early january so uh, just look on my website which is milesallen.net again and look under courses and you'll see that come up when the next one's going to be going there's a whole thing to teach you how to do your bios and become very compelling to as a person you know how to talk better and and, and write better and that sort of thing yeah and, uh, and that one, you say it was successful because there were quite a few things that came out of people who initially were not quite sure about how to write about themselves. You managed to get them to talk and... It, it's getting the story out of people is a big thing to do with it because most people think they have very boring lives. Yeah, so when you get into it, they go, oh, wow, you know, yeah. yeah. I didn't know this about myself. Yeah. And also to tell the story behind their artwork, which is yeah. also important. When you show your work, you know, you want people to connect yeah. with it. So. Feeds into your artist yeah. statement and those things, so you have a whole exactly. complete package. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll tell you about that. Uh, do I just finish to thank again Gavin, Alexander and Simon Foster for the ident, which you will hear at the end of this uh, show. And I will leave you with the third piece of music by Arkelia. From the same album, Wrap Your Bones, and it's called Cupid. So I play that and then we'll finish the show. So just wanted to say thank you. Goodbye for this. Um, yeah, see you next week. It's not quick, already. just one week is quickly gone uh, at four o'clock on Channel Radio. Thank you very much. Bye bye.